0: You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat, smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yep. Oh? Yeah. Or was yeah. I supposed to act that out? Well,
1: hello and welcome, folks. Welcome. You've made it to the China shop. The doors are open. We got a really amazing, awesome, super fantastic episode today. But first, let me introduce myself. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle?
0: I'm doing good. I'm excited about today's guest. I'm excited because I think you're going to be carrying it more today.
1: Oh, 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 shit.
0: So I get to be the one listening. Uh, Most of it.
1: I did not agree to do a podcast because I like to work. (laughs) I Um, know, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, we do have, we are joined today. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest coming back to the shop. The one, the only, Victorio.
2: Woo! Woo! (laughs) Thanks for having (laughs) me, guys.
1: Scrolling through the charts oh, yeah. in sequence Hockey's on the With ticket It's some pro shit Naked breaking out, got a piece of it Got a plan, he ain't taking no Wall Street shit
2: gonna show you how to get it Go lower You guys lows, told me you'd song for me. highs, higher
1: lows Higher highs Basically I'm saying either way He about to buy him Always I've been to listening to
0: this on a loop on a train. <laughs> he, he,
1: could, he could trade like Johnny <laughs> Pico Son. He could give you cash passion. It's a thriller when he slaps hedge funds. Maybe don't you wanna trade with Vico? He could trade like Johnny Paul, son. He could give you oh, fast just this one, eh? <laughs> and you know he out there everyday with it If he gon' show you how to get it It go lower lows, lower oh. highs Higher lows, higher highs that Basically I'm saying either way He about to buy yeah. He always about to buy Hey
0: that's my wife's favorite part. <laughs> that's
2: my
3: favorite part
0: too. <laughs> Welcome back to the shop.
2: Oh, amazing. Beck, how are you doing? Thanks for having me back, guys. that's amazing? I'm doing great. I was excited to come back. i was I was waiting for that for that call. It's been months now. Oh, really? I would have asked a lot sooner, if i had if realized she was waiting on us.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: We tried to get you
0: oh no wait a minute. Yeah, no, that's not fair.
1: We tried to get you back on uh to to be the the guest host.
2: Yeah, I was away for a bit. You went to Europe for a month, Yeah, it yeah, wasn't we're... our fault. Yeah, yeah. That was on me. <laughs> How was that trip anyway? Oh, it was amazing. I'm upset yeah. that I'm back. Yeah. Did you do any trading while you were there? I did a bit. Um <laughs> I was there for about four weeks. The <laughs> the first half of it I did trade here and there, but mostly just like swings and like longer term things. Yeah. Yeah. What time does the market open there? Um, the market opens at 4:30 p.m. Uh, oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, so it's right it's, about the
0: time when you're relaxing with a
2: couple of drinks. It's not that bad because people usually people usually go out really late there. So like by the time I finish around like eleven, twelve, like my friends would be getting ready to go out. So it'd be it worked perfectly
1: do your friends over there do they like trade to the european exchanges or they just all
2: um yeah actually one of my buddies that i'm really close with we've been childhood friends he trades futures oh nice so he and i would uh trade like on a daily basis he has like an office space um like on his property it was good how many monitors does he have uh i think he's only got like three only three yeah only three (laughs) it was a change of pace for
0: me (laughs) I I keep seeing George's uh, set up when I watch his uh, video updates. He's got like nine. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think
2: I think I think he's got six at home. I've got five.
0: Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of overkill. Yeah, four Dan's, is good. Dan's got six. Nice. I've got two, but they're they're at least twenty seven well, inch TVs. So it's basically four.
2: It might as well be.
1: All right. Well, so as uh, folks, longtime listeners know, uh, we Vic is part of the Trade Pro Academy. He he kind of. Uh, set up a does does all the options course videos with the exception of order flow. Uh, and and we're excited to have him back to talk about options. And I'd actually like to get started asking you uh, about order flow and how you use order flow to inform your trading because i don't currently have any order flow myself yeah and i feel like i'm trading with one eye closed.
2: yeah i do it a kind of different way than um maybe like sarah or some other people might do it mm-hmm. um when it comes to day trading i think everyone kind of does it the same way and it's like looking at an order flow platform like quant data for example like we've got a partnership with quant data so they were nice enough to help us out and help our uh, like friends at trade pro academy out and it's more of just seeing um, who's buying a lot of something, you know, because for order flow and options, you have both sides, right? You have a buy side and sell side because, you know, you can sell options, you can buy options. Mm-hmm. So when I day trade, I'm I'm more directional. So that means that I kind of want to just dismiss the noise of potential like sellers because, right, they they're not really driving the price higher um, by like mass buying. So or lower for that matter, because I'd like to look at, um, buyers of both calls and puts mm-hmm. so i'd look at trades that occur above the ask so that would be aggressive buying for calls or puts why would a trade be above the ask well that's like it's it just it's an aggressive order above the ask right so like if you're buying at the ask for example you're probably going to get filled above the ask like let's say the ask is at a dollar right mm-hmm. if i put in the order at a dollar five right it's going to fill me right away Gotcha. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to trade at a dollar five but That's the order that I'm putting in. Okay, so you're actually seeing the orders entered when you're looking at your flow? Yeah, exactly. So those are going to be like aggressive market orders is the way I see them. Because like even, Mm -hmm. even if you're like whatever you're trading, like futures or whatever, if you put an order to buy... The futures at like like above the ask, right? It's going to be pretty much triggered at market. Yeah, it's probably not going to fill you where you mm-hmm. think you're getting filled. It's going to give you a more favorable price just because it's super liquid. But in some options, right, the liquidity is not extremely oh. tight. So if you get filled above the ask, you're probably just kind of moving the price by yourself if you're putting in the um the orders up there, right? so i i look at those mainly just above the s so i know they're aggressive buyers and i'd weed out a lot of the smaller premium so i look at premium that's like above like fifty thousand that means like one person or one trader is putting in a fifty thousand dollar position on a on a certain, um, contract. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a part of it. Like you can, you can, if you see like one, for example, like, I don't know, Ford, cause we talked about Ford. So that's the stock in my head right now. If you see like one Ford position that comes in at like 50,000 and like no other ones throughout the day, then it doesn't really tell you that much. But if it's just continuous throughout the day, like for example, today, Tesla, Tesla was getting hit with eight fifty calls that expire this week, like all day long. Hmm. So that started to occur earlier on in the day and that caught our eye. So we're looking at Tesla and we're thinking, okay, well, Tesla just based on that should have a nice run, but where do you get in? That's where like the technical aspect comes into play. Cause just because I see the flow doesn't mean I'm just going to throw it in right away because I don't know what the stop's going to be that way, right? It could pull back like, like a percent on the underlying and then just start rocketing, which is fine. But do I want to take that risk? Right. Probably not. So. If like the calls keep coming in one after the other and there's sweeps. So a sweep is a um, order that comes in and is okay being filled on any market, right? On any exchange. Right. Because you can be picky with the exchanges, but a sweep just wants to get filled, right? It's just like a super aggressive market order. So if you see a lot of those, like we call them repeat sweeps that are coming in like Tesla today, just 850, 850, 850, 850, one after the other that started to happen like earlier on in the day and continue throughout the whole day, that's going to tell me that Tesla's probably going to rip pretty hard so in our live trading room today we were like hey you know what above 776 on tesla i'm just start i'm gonna buy some calls right and it went it moved like it had like a 20 dollar move into like 796 from there and it didn't really pull back like back below that level looking at the chart right now <laughs> it looks pretty nice yeah and it just it just kept going and kept going right like and the calls kept coming in so i was like hey like this when you see something like that in order flow like when you have a platform like quant data for example and you see these repeat sweeps coming in when you have like a filter on, because you know it's going to be aggressive buying. If I had both ends of the filter on, so like if I had um, above ask, at ask, below bid, and at bid, it doesn't give you that like, clear information of uh what's what's aggressive buying or what's aggressive selling you know you kind of get a mix and you have to start like figuring things out yourself so it's like is this a is this a spread is this a hedge and when i filter it that way i know okay they're they're aggressively buying this some people may not like that but it's i think it's super effective
0: so when somebody throws a big huge position like that how hard is it for them to get out of that position like to take their profit and can you see that too
2: it it depends on. Um, it depends on like how liquid the actual options and like the underlying are. Like for example, Tesla today. If you take a look at the options chain, um, I'm not looking at it I'm on a different computer, but I was trying to look at it. But anyways, if you take a look at the um, options chain on Tesla, there's just heavy, heavy volume mm-hmm. above like 800 on the calls for this week that expire right. A fifty probably has a lot of volume. So it depends on the liquidity. So when you when you start opening positions like that and there's just like a lot that are flowing in, then it becomes pretty liquid and you don't really have to worry about something like that. But like, for example, if it was just a random name, like, I don't know, something that doesn't get traded often. I don't know off the top of my head, but <laughs> something that has a widespread it doesn't get traded often. If you're the only one that um, puts in a big order like that, then it's going to be kind of hard for you to get filled without a loss. And to answer the other question, you don't know when they're... Um, selling these positions either Mm -hmm. that's always
0: been something i've been trying to figure out are they buying this because they think it's going to hit that price are they just trying to
2: profit on a quick move IV spike so the rule of thumb is like if it's a weekly and you're trading that week it's going to be a profit like a quick profit take they're not going to hold it until the end of the week most likely gotcha like they're they're probably not banking that it's going to hit that price by the end of the week because like tesla right now just shy of 800 bucks right 790 or whatever it is and i don't know how much volume there is on the 850 call but realistically, like yeah, it's Tesla. It could go sixty dollars within the week, but it's probably not going to, right? Right. There's a lower probability of that happening. I think they're just in it for the quick move, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've we've caught people scalping with like multi million dollar positions on like flow before. So it's it's not out of the it's not out of the ordinary per se. Right.
1: So that that Tesla position, the it, it was the aggressive buying that caught your attention.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like because Tesla, it started the open pretty well. And then I started rotating for the first like 15, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, like you just see calls light up the whole um, order flow ladder. So it's just call, 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 call Tesla. And it's not really going anywhere. I'm like, huh, like, let's find a level where if it breaks, there's probably going to be some kind of like strong momentum move with all these calls coming in. It was just like a no brainer, right? That doesn't mean buy it right away because it, it dropped like six, seven dollars before it actually broke the level, even with the calls coming in. So that's why you should probably understand the technical analysis aspect of it, too.
1: Right, right. And, and, and following up on that. How do you use order flow if you've already used technical analysis? Say, like you're looking at Facebook and you're like, wow, these these, these levels look great. Yeah. Uh, do you then watch the order flow as part of the, the confirmation of getting in? Or, or is that at that point you're just watching the level?
2: It it becomes like a very good confirmation tool. So it's it can appear before or after, right? So like, let's just say Facebook 355, that's the level that I'm watching this week. So prior to that, if you're seeing a lot of calls coming in, um that are let's say 365 360 whatever it is but you see a lot of like repeat calls coming out on facebook and the things like three dollars below the level again like that's like i'm gonna wait for that level to get hit because i know that they're confirmed with those calls you know and it's the other way around so like if i have the level already and i'm watching like a volume spike through it it doesn't necessarily mean if there's no flow it's not going to run a bit but it really helps if you start to see flow as soon as that level starts getting broken Hmm. so it's like you can trade without flow you can see the moves you can make the moves like the breakout moves but it just becomes like that much more convincing when there's like a lot of money going into these positions because like tesla was the highest traded premium today right i'll take your word for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) that sounds reasonable
1: hold on let me let me sign up for quant data really quick and log on and figure out how to use it
0: yeah 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 that's right did you yeah. really just confirm that? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, no, I, I did not just sign up for Quant Data. Okay, didn't.
2: Yeah, but it was. Uh, it's it's the highest trade premium today. So like, there's it, it's usually up there, but um, when you when you see like that much call buying on Tesla, like throughout the day, it's it's pretty. It's not like a hundred percent guaranteed, but there's there's a very high probability that you see that push.
0: Oh, I noticed you have, there seems to be like a common theme with all the stocks that you tend to focus on. Um, can you walk us through the process of like how you developed your watch list and what kind of considerations go through into picking those?
2: And so uh, like, we're still talking about the day trading aspect. I know you had some questions yeah. about like the swing trading. We'll get to that too. But, um, like in terms of the day trading aspect, like I, I really like to see, um, like potential breaks and reversals. So like if if a stock is coming into a high, right, like an all time high, or some kind of like wedge break, or like some kind of bull flag break, right, like on a daily basis, on like a larger scale, then it it looks attractive for a day trade as well. Not only a swing trade, but a day trade. Mm-hmm. The thing about the day trade is that um you don't have to be right for long to make money with it, and there's a little less uh like confusion and like um worry that it'll it'll continue for like a a good few days especially when like the market's kind of like rocky right now um and i mean like the overall market like the spy for example so like i don't really i haven't really taken too many swing trades over the past few weeks Mm -hmm. uh, just because of like the uncertainty in the overall market so like you'd have to find relative strength and then like maybe it fails you know there's not really too much conviction in that other than like again like really convincing relative strength moves but overall It's a very similar process as to what I do with like swing trades. I'll just look for areas that are about to break um, on a daily, on an hourly, Mm -hmm. and the larger the level is, the more of a potential move there is. Like for example, let's go back to Tesla, right? Tesla, if you look at it on a daily chart from last week, right, um, on Friday it had a really nice bull flag that shaped up, right? It had it had like a key resistance. I can't remember where the exact level was. Seven sixty four ish, maybe. Yeah, that's right around 764 into friday so that level breaks and that one becomes a potential swing trade but even better it's such a huge level that you can extract like quick profits out of it for a day trade Mm -hmm. so that's that's like one of the examples like i'll just use those breakout patterns so what i'm doing is i'm just finding um stocks that are gonna ideally break an all-time high because that's there's like a really good potential move there an all-time high that's been tested multiple times, right? If it's coming into an all-time high that it hasn't seen in like, like five months or like a year, then it's great. Um, stocks that are coming into like monthly, quarterly highs, stocks that are shaping up some kind of breakout pattern. You know, there's like multiple right. different breakout patterns and like cup and handles or whatever it is, right? It's just if, it's, if there's a strong resistance and it's about to break out, I don't care what it's called. That looks like a pretty good trade, like on a daily chart, <laughs> right? The longer the time frame, the better too. So when you spot something and the breakout does happen, how do you get in? So again, like if we're assuming it's a day trade, I'll, what I do on a trading view, because I use trading view as a charting software and I'll just set an alert um before the break actually happens. Mm-hmm. Like for example, let's say Tesla's at 764, right? And that's my trigger point. That's where I want to enter. I'll put the alert for like a, like a bit before that since Tesla's like a pretty big stock, right? It's, it's heavily priced. Um, I'm going to go, let's say like, like 30 cents out. So when that Mm -hmm. alert gets triggered, that brings my attention to Tesla. So now I'm watching Tesla. So when it starts to break um, 764, right? I already have my options chain loaded. I know know which option I'm going to trade. And I want to see it break through the level like 5 to 10 cents, right? Like a clean, strong break with like heavy volume. Now, I don't necessarily wait for like a candle to close or like this and that, but ideally, like if you get a two-minute candle close through that level for a day trade, right? Just a shorter move. It's it's something that I'm interested in with like heavy volume. Mm. Now, I'd probably bypass that if there's just like continuous like Tesla flow coming in on the call side uh, for the day trade. So, like at that point, once we set, once we get that cross by like five cents or so, and there's just continuous flow coming in, I'm probably just going to enter the trade at that point. Um, always I always use limit orders. Uh, for the breaks as well, um, mm-hmm. and then like I, I have a stop and a take profit attached to them. We, I just started using those. I can't believe it took me this long. <laughs> <laughs> they save you.
1: Where Where do you set your bracket at?
2: Like on my platform, you mean, or
1: like when when is your take profit a percentage and, and with like a, a stop below beneath it? What What percentage do you like?
2: So, um, my percent for the like on a day trade, um, I'll risk about like twenty percent. Uh, of the premium so like Mm -hmm. on a thousand dollars it'd be like 200 bucks let's say right and then my take profit i do in tiers so obviously if it's a it's a if it's a heavily priced option then um it's going to be a bit harder to do in tiers so my options sizing is based on the account risk Mm -hmm. so like let's just say for like argument's sake i just want to risk 200 dollars. that's my per trade and that's what my risk tolerance is going to be for the account so if I risk $200 a trade, that means I can have a $1,000 premium position. So however, that's divided based on the price, right? I can buy maybe two contracts that are worth $500. So I'll take one at about 30% and then the next one I'll try to ride it out. Um, If each contract is about like $300, I have three, right? So I'll take it in tiers of three, right? So mm-hmm. one at 30, one at like 45, 40, one at whatever. Um, And then usually I like to have like at least like six contracts so I can go... But again, it's based on like the risk tolerance. So if that position is like, if it's, if it's too heavily priced for me to buy six contracts, I'm like, I'll just buy less contracts. So there's only a certain portion of the account used per day trade. Mm-hmm. So I know what the risk is um, based on that sum, right? So again, the way I work it is like: what's the risk per trade? If it's like a thousand dollars, if it's two hundred dollars, whatever, you work backwards based on the stop loss, then you can identify how many contracts you can buy. Gotcha.
1: Okay. And does your yeah. uh, which which platform do you do you use to trade your options?
2: Um, I use Interactive Brokers because uh, I'm in Canada, and they've got a really good brokerage and platform for like international. I wouldn't say the platform is amazing, but like it, it, it works well. Cause I just use trading view for my charting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in America, like TOS, I think that's like the main one that people use. Um, thinkorswim, that's, I think yeah. that's what we're both using. Yeah. That's the one that I, I, I would like. Um, but we don't have access to that here. Let me, uh, I wanted to ask you since
0: I started doing futures and, uh, like I love how with the order book on Sierra charts, how you can just kind of drag your stops around. Yeah. Is there a way you can do that on thinkorswim that we're missing or? Oh, dude, I've never used the
2: platform. I'm the wrong person to ask. Oh, damn it. Yeah. yeah Cause you
0: can see the order book. So when you pull up and say, I want to get in here, you just click it and click, right? Put oh, your you limit in, DOM. set your brackets, <laughs> and then you can just kind of click and drag them up and down the dom. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, it'd be really nice if that was a, like you do that? Is that how it works on Interactive Brokers, or do you have to like manually fill out?
2: Yeah, on Interactive Brokers, Interactive Brokers, I can type it in, I can move it manually, I can do whatever I want to it. But um, there must be a way on ThinkOrSwim. It just doesn't seem like there.
0: Yeah, I think we just haven't spent enough time playing with. It. I've been trying to slowly make the transition to it because uh, I'd done everything just through the website previous, and it's just too cumbersome to try to type things in, especially when you're talking about you know trying to do something on a day trade. where yeah. you know, you've got minutes to try to get everything figured out maybe it's time to go back to some sim yeah
1: yeah it's way easier to just just place the bracket
0: (laughs) right yeah Um, yeah
1: fantastic all right so so glad that Vic can be our expert on the software that he doesn't use
0: I know right (laughs) (laughs) I I just been wondering I just been wondering (laughs) that because uh it really felt like I was opening my eyes when I was taking the futures courses and then seeing like this super easy way to trade and like oh man like I wouldn't be sweating, trying to punch in a ticket and like, oh, no, wait, I don't want to now cancel, cancel, or flatten, change the price. Or cancel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I need a flatten button for sure.
1: So when you're looking at a swing trade, how does it differ than when you're looking at the day trade? Is it just just the types of charts you're using?
2: like a lot of people have been or not a lot but a few people have been actually asking me that um how to differentiate between like a day trade and a swing trade and like for me that question like sounds kind of weird cuz i guess i've been doing it for so long that it's like like what do you, i i didn't i didn't understand it at first you know like what what do you mean how do you how do you differentiate between a swing trade and a day trade like isn't it obvious but i guess not <laughs> it's it's just more like like l- just looking at like the larger time frames and like seeing like the potential in them and just like choosing a longer strike like on swing trades i'll usually start on like a weekly because weekly um weekly charts are they they really show you where that like super strong resistance is like for example if you pulled up like a weekly on tesla or palantir or um which other one had a good one maybe unity you like one i don't know one of those three like palantir had a great one recently i'm pretty sure tesla had one recently as well but palantir's was like 2750 i remember that level pretty well because we traded last week and when you're looking at like a swing trade i I really like to start on the weekly because it just gives you those larger levels it just kind of kills all the noise and lets you know okay well there's like a pretty big level here that could break and there's room to the upside into whatever 30 out of 2750 something like that it's only a two and a half dollar move but again that's a substantial move percentage wise right on a smaller stock Mm -hmm. so like if you're if you're doing a two and a half on a twenty-seven fifty, what are we talking about here? That's a what nine percent move, let's call it nine point one, ten, nine, whatever. <laughs> um, so it's a pretty substantial move in the stock itself, and like you'll guess that um the option is going to gain a lot more value than that, right? Right. So when I look at the weekly, I'll start there and just identify where those like key breakouts are, and then you'll go to the daily. And I don't really like to move too much below the daily on a swing trade because then it just becomes um like you're looking at more like in more in depth and you're starting a second guess so this could be a day trade like let me just day trade this then like not turn it into a swing when well, it can be both realistically but you want to have like a target set in mind um for the swing trade like what's the potential of this move like where could it go to if it escapes this area mm-hmm. right whether it's based on a percentage whether it's based on just like a target um like a dollar target and the other thing is, like, just buy some time on it. Like, for an option, if you're going to options trade it, buy some time, have the stop set, and then go for it. Because I, I do a lot of short swings. So what I mean by that is, like, I'll do, like, two to three weeks of time. And uh, since they're a little more volatile, since they're shorter expiries, a lot of them actually hit profit, like, in the first few days or in, like, the first day, for example. Mm-hmm. So even if it's even if it's supposed to be a swing... Next thing I right. know, I'm out of, like, half of the position in the first day. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, that's good, though, because that means that the rest of it, you're riding risk-free. Yeah,
2: exactly. And, like, I don't mind that at all. So, like, mm-hmm. now I understand, like, where the confusion came from. Like, why is this a swing? Why is that a day if you're out of the position in the first day? Right. It doesn't really matter. Like, if it hits 50% gain in the first day, like, you should be taking some off. Right. right. Like, based on risk management, like, you need to you need to be taking some off at that point. Right. It's It's kind of just, like... I never understood the whole concept of like letting it ride until this like phantom number that exceeds your expectations, you know, and then just seeing it go red right after. It's like, yeah, how far could it go? That's why you have like multiple contracts on, right? So you mm-hmm. can layer out. Like, if if you are newer and you have a smaller account, like it, look look for options that are that are a lot cheaper, right? That means that stocks that are a lot cheaper, and look to trade those because it's always going to be better if you can if you can get your hands on like three contracts. Cause then you can, you can expand the move as much as possible without like feeling like crap that you got out of the whole position too early. Right. Cause yeah. like if it hits 30%, you take your first lot off and that's the only contract you have and it goes to a hundred percent then you're not going to feel so great about that. Right. 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 Not that I've ever done that myself. Yeah. So buy time and look at large timeframes. That's it.
0: <laughs> okay. So do you want to look at a move that I did uh, right before we closed and tell me why it was terrible?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or why you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Let's see. So uh Salesforce. So CRM, you're taking what kind of trade on CRM today?
0: So about an hour before close, I was looking at to see if it was finding support around 279, which it seemed like it was doing. Yep. So I ended up picking up some of the monthly October 285 calls. Yeah. Thinking that uh this is just a slight
2: pullback. And it's going to be rebounding in the next couple of days. So, um, you're taking this as a swing, right? Like where there's potential support here. Right. Like I'd like to be out of it, uh, before the end of the week. Yeah. So like when it, when it comes to like something like that, that's like not necessarily my strategy. Um, because it's, it's just, um, like this is, this is the first day it's pulled back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to look at, strictly breakouts if i'm going to swing trade it even if it's like a few days because that just gives you momentum like a breakout trade um there's a lot of momentum behind it especially if there's a if there's a new high like an, an unexplored high uh an unexplored uh distribution of volume for example um something that that hasn't been seen in a while something that that could attract price like for example when you guys mentioned salesforce on twitter that was a great one because I was looking at it but I wanted to see if we could break like organically through 26250. Right? Mm-hmm. And the thing opens up at 269. That level's long gone. I'm not going to get long off the open, but then I know this, there's another resistance around 27520. Right? It doesn't get that much further above 27520, but that's that's a move that I'm that I'm willing to wait for. So in this scenario, I'd probably wait for the all-time high to break. Right. To get mm-hmm. into a potential swing or I'd wait for it to come down to wherever and start bottoming out and like start rotating, rotating, rotating. So you see where between like September 13th and 14th, right, where it started like rotating and holding a support zone. Uh huh. It, it wasn't like exactly super equal on all stands it was like between 250 250 and like 256 right you're starting to see some kind of support now those areas like they're okay for swings like to start picking things up i don't like pullbacks on swings personally unless it's just like a huge huge support and you buy a lot of time Mm -hmm. i'm more of the breakout trade so like in this scenario like what you've done is yeah if you look at it on a five minute or a 10 minute like i do see the support as clear as day right but if i zoom out for a swing because i want to mainly stay on the daily it's not giving me that um, that confidence yet, right? Well,
0: I feel like I was at least a dollar early anyway, because I was looking at the the uh, little rotation that happened around two seventy eight. I'm looking at the hourly chart that was on the end
2: of the day on the twenty third. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I do I do like that. If you look at it even on a ten minute, you can see where it bounced off that seventy nine ish area like a few times into the end of the yeah. day. Like, I don't think this is like a necessarily bad trade. It's just something that I don't um, look at for like my strategy. Right. Because like it's doing a break and retest like exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found I have higher success waiting for breakouts on stocks. So you would have been
0: happier buying this when
2: on the 23rd when it was set to pop. And then trying to continue that momentum. Exactly. That's that's what we did in our room too. Like, um, I didn't look at it on twenty third, even though it ran. But on the twenty fourth, like, we bought the breakout of two seventy nine fifty, right? Mm-hmm. And then it ran all the way up to two eighty five fifty or so, right? So a six dollar yep. move there. Now, if I were to continue this swing trade, I'd need to see it above like two eighty six forty, right? To really break that top and see if that momentum can continue. And then you'd be wanting to get in again. Yeah, then I'd, I'd if that was like a swing that I was looking for, then yeah, I'd I'd rather get that. Um, even for a day trade, like you see how it's like kind of dropping off, and you can mm-hmm. see um, around like two eighty one fifteen. If we break those two tops, and that becomes a potential move back to the upside, I just I just really gravitate towards the breakouts because what I'm doing is I'm catching the move on momentum. So when I catch the move on momentum and big volume, like there's you're you're right right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So you don't have to wait, and you don't have to worry. Oh my god, is my stop going to get hit? If it gets hit, then it gets hit fast. Like big deal, right? Um, but you're right pretty much right away, and you have time to adjust and lower your risk. I think that's something too that we've been learning.
0: The more we study futures, is that you don't want to fight the trend.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if you have the trend on your side, then you'll be right more often than not. <laughs> exactly.
1: What do you think some of your biggest obstacles were? And getting the hang of trading option.
2: My biggest obstacles were just like waiting to be honest. Um, because like like I can I I was always able to like read everything and like like anticipate and like qualify it well, but it's just waiting for that for that better move, you know, like mm-hmm. waiting for that real move, waiting waiting for it to actually break and like using your confirmation. Because one of the main things that I noticed uh was let's say I'm day trading, because I do a lot more of that than swing trading, but If I'm day trading the options position, the first move of the day always, always gets me. So it's like, if if I have a trigger point at, if a stock is at 279.5, right? And I have a trigger point at 280, that's 50 cents away. If that happens within the first candle, within the first five minute candle, um, what I used to do was like kind of just like jump in, but it's like more often than not, it's going to be a head fake. So it's going to pop above the level Mm -hmm. and then pull back just as fast right it can it can move there's like news and like momentum and, and there's like and there's actually reason for it to do so but a lot of the times it's like i'm getting into this trade and i'm not getting out fast enough even if i do see some profit right away right it just turns on me so i've learned to just wait like the first 15 20 minutes there's always going to be opportunity after the first 15 minutes like of the day it just took me a, like a long time to realize that i think i was listening in the uh in your guys'
0: zoom call when you were starting to do that yeah, yeah. I think you'd mentioned you've been burned a few times by it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It's just you want to get in right away, and you don't realize that, like, the market hasn't really made its mind up right. Yeah, patience is, uh, I think, a lot of people struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I, I feel a sense of urgency when I've, like, looked at the stock, and, and I, I I set my trigger zones, and I'm like, oh, big volume through this zone. That's That's what I'm looking for. And like it opens up, and in the first five minutes, like you said, it hits it, and like volume's really high. Uh, it's yeah. hard for me to sit back and then like watch it and keep going and be like, "Well, if I if I just hit that trigger to buy, I still do because I'm, I'm taking your advice very seriously." Uh, but it still does hurt <laughs> to watch it just barrel upward yeah. or, or downward.
2: It does. It does. It does happen. Yeah, it does for sure happen. Like that's why like I kind of I kind of bypass that rule if there's just like kind of some some news that's driving it, mm-hmm. you know, like if there's um if there's some kind of reasoning behind it, because, yeah, that could probably just it's probably going to take it a lot higher. And you're obviously watching volume. You're watching the order flow as well if it comes in. But like, for example, Tesla today, Tesla today, like I got the first breakout above like seven. seven 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 four seventy and it ran up to seven seven eight fifty and that was like it was worth a decent bit and i was like you know what i'm just going to tighten the stop and then it pulls back that same candle, pops back up the next candle and i'm like okay you know what i'm just going to wait for this Mm -hmm. so like there was a profit out of it it's just it wasn't it wasn't the move that i was expecting and it it made sense because it was the first five minute candle so like those are usually head fakes because everyone's getting into the market you don't really know where like the the big players want to take it yet. Yeah, they're kind of just getting a feel for it. There's a lot of volume that comes in off the market open, right? Right. Like there's a lot of people that don't trade stocks um, until the market open. You can't trade options until the market opens, right? Mm-hmm. so like that money doesn't come in until nine thirty, and it could be a little more erratic so that's why i choose to sit back in the first like 5 10 15 minutes even and just see okay what is the trend like what's shaping up like where are the good levels for me to get into and then go from there rather than just getting in on that first move unless it's like heavily news driven at that point like i said i'll just kind of disregard that and say okay well there's going to be news and i see in the first like 30 seconds they're just like i don't know ten ten sweeps of goal like 10 sweeps of calls come in on like order flow then it's kind of it just it makes it a little easier right. on the decision, right? <laughs> because another thing is like the first five minute candle, you'll probably notice is almost all the time the biggest uh, volume candle right. Yep. until like the last candle of the day, right? Like there's a reason for that because the most like most participants get their orders filled like big funds, right? They go uh like market at open fills or close fills, whatever it is. So the first two can, the, sorry, the first candle and the last candle, there are usually the largest volume candles of the day. Is that because uh, the people who call their brokers and say, "Hey, I want a piece of this"? Well, it's it's not retail money, right? It's it's funds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna move that, and they they'll just have orders. Let's say from the prior day, right? That they just want to get right. them fill that market off the open, right? Or the same thing at close. It's like you know what? Like I want this to fill at exactly four p.m. Mm-hmm.
1: What would lead right. you to? Pick that time over a specific price, is it just the, the size of the order
2: uh like the the first five ten minutes you mean
1: yeah, like why why As are it, they moving that why are, why is the time seemingly arbitrary like why is that a good move for a big hedge fund to make?
2: Well, it's not arbitrary because it's just a position from the other day, right, and they're just gonna they're gonna fill it at market it doesn't matter what the price is to them right it's It's a decision made from like the prior day at the close or whatever it is. Uh, because the okay. well, number one, there might not be enough liquidity to do it overnight or pre-market and number two, maybe they, they just, they're not allowed to. Mm, right. Yeah, interesting. So you'll notice most of the big positions, they come in at close and they come in at open. Um, that's another piece of order flow. When you look at the largest position shares being bought or sold at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the prior day at 4 p.m., um, they usually have something to do with a potential mover throughout the next day, right? I was, yeah, I was
0: just about that. So if everyone's buying it at 4 p.m. on Monday at close, can you expect that
2: to continue on Tuesday? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you you could you do have some expectation to um, to see that that specific name have some kind of continuation, right? It's not a hundred percent guaranteed, but that's why you just look at like the biggest orders, um, like hundred mil, maybe like fifty mil plus it's something that really, really sticks out, right? Um it's not like any any order. And I, I wouldn't put too too much emphasis on like SPY and the triple Qs or ETFs because they're they're usually traded for like hedge purposes a lot. So like people mm-hmm. will just little well funds, sorry, not people but funds will like buy them um and sell them just to hedge like different positions. So when I see like spire triple Qs being bought like a lot at the close, um, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. But if it's like I don't know, Ford, right? Ford's the mm-hmm. biggest after hour or sorry, end of day purchase. You're like, oh okay, like I need to watch Ford tomorrow, for example. But the mm-hmm. thing is those numbers usually don't come out until uh, the morning, the next morning, unfortunately.
1: So is that like what you're waking up and looking at?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it'd be something that I'd be interested in. Like, okay, like what were some of the large share purchases that happened yesterday, right? And then I'd also mm-hmm. look at like what's some of the biggest volume this morning? What was some of the biggest volume yesterday?
1: So what uh, What keeps you trading options instead of futures? Because we've talked to George a lot about why he loves futures. But uh, I just watched rewatched your market structure on futures and was wondering why you stick with options
2: i kind of do both um to be honest Mm. uh like i'll trade futures a lot more passively so what i mean by that is like i have like when i start my day i'll usually post in the futures room i've got like um i'll post in the futures room i've got (laughs) usually like three four levels right and if price manages to enter one of those levels then there's a possibility for me to act. Mm -hmm. if it doesn't then like whatever i bypass the futures right and what i do with futures is i'll have like a wider stop and i'll have a wider take profit so it kind of just coasts throughout the day it's not something that i manage actively or look at actively i do only day trade them
1: okay so you start the morning setting your levels and place in your potential orders and then walk away
2: uh i don't place the orders i just place alerts to see what would happen in those areas um because if i just leave the orders on then like who knows right? right. Like, and I don't want to, and I don't want to hold them overnight either. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a position, then I make sure that I'm out of it by the end of the day, because I don't want to hold like heavy margin throughout the, it's not even throughout the night. It's, it, it's an hour. And like, I don't know, you got a gap of 30 points that I'm like, okay, well shit, like there goes my account you know. <laughs> you <laughs> so, <could. laughs> and the margin increases too. So like if I, if I don't have enough margin to hold the day trade position, then they'll just blow me out of it. So, um, like you said, like I'll set the levels. Um, I'll just wait for them. I'll set the trigger instead of the trade instead of the actual limit, and I'll just like see what happens. Um, if it gets triggered, then like I'll make a move. Like for example, today, like even George, I think George and I were trading the same level, but I was looking at like four four three zero four four three one on the futures as I pulled back. Um, waited for it to kind of rotate there, picked some up, rode it up into like thirty seven ish. So yeah. like it was like a six seven point move, um, but usually I I, I kind of look for more if there's potential. But it was kind of a choppier day. That was the only futures trade that I took today. Um, but the why I stay trade why I trade options uh, more so than futures mm-hmm. is that there's more um, opportunity in terms of different stock names. So for futures, if it's like a choppy crappy day like today, then I'd rather make um, more call money in the options market than like lose my head in the futures market right so I noticed that that would be the case because I'd like force myself to trade a lot more in futures and now that I've have I have this more like a relaxed approach to futures it's a lot easier for me to like like I said like identify those levels like for example my level today was four four three zero four 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 six so 4446 and as the previous day cash close? Oh well, that's I didn't even know that. Um, so no. <laughs> that, that level volume hump there, <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was based on volume because I just trade yeah. mainly on like volume profiles and stuff. So that level, and then I had another level below at like four, 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 two zero. So like yep, those I three main levels, right? And I just kind of set the alerts and see what happens in those areas, and then I just took one trade today. It was around like eleven fifty on the future side. My entry was thirty-one, my stop was twenty-eight. Um so I usually use a three point stop and I look for at least like seven to eight points. And then I got out around like thirty-seven or so. So it was like a six point move or so. Yeah, and it's it's just it's it's more calming like when I know that I can go into like options activity and I can look through like a list of like a hundred stocks and there's probably gonna be one that looks good, you know, there's probably gonna mm-hmm. be three that look good probably more, but like, I know that there's going to be a good, not a majority, but a good portion of them that are going to be tradable. They're going to be liquid. Um, there's going to be opportunity like within the next like half an hour instead of futures where it's like, if it's moving, it's great. But if it's not, then I'm kind of just like sitting around, like, like making trades up. right? Right. Um, and with options, like I just, I, I always want to look at like a million different stocks. So it's a lot, it's a lot more calming for me. I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people, but.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like it would help with trying to keep you from forcing stuff. If you always got something else that you can go back and look for opportunity, you're not trying to manufacture it, like you said.
2: That's the thing. Like you, you understand at a certain point. I don't know if everyone feels that way. Like at the beginning, but you start to understand that, like, hey, you know what? If I miss this move, like, I can easily go to uh, I don't know. Like, let's say, let's say we're looking at Tesla, and you miss the Tesla move, and you say, oh, you know what? Like, there's probably something that's kind of related to Tesla that I could probably catch. Let's go check a look at Neo. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's the other thing with stocks. I guess a good point you bring up that there's a lot of things that are correlated. So, I like the I like the correlation between the fang names. So, like, mm-hmm. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, Netflix, Microsoft, and um, the Q's and the Spy. Mm-hmm. So, the ETFs, the Q's and the Spy, I really like them because there's usually a catch up trade there. Like, if you guys were in the room, like, there's always a catch up trade of some sort. Mm-hmm. or with uh the fang names right like today for example we bought spy qs and apple because apple was starting to bottom out and showing some support right right so apple started to go and then you see Q's and spy go right so that was like the catch-up trade there let's say i missed apple but the Qs haven't gone I know the queues are going to catch up to Apple. It's like a two and a half trillion dollar market cap, right? It's going to move the whole thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it it just gives me that opportunity where as in futures, it helped me actually trade futures because I became more patient with the futures and kind of took like a step back.
0: Did you end up, did you take the actual courses that George put together or was that, were you there beforehand?
2: Yeah. But like the, the older ones, like these ones, I I had a hand in helping, um, the futures one that. That he redid in 2019, so two years ago now. Uh,
0: okay. Were you part of the decision to make the uh, the 21 day waiting periods, or was that always there?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I, I think I, I didn't decide on it, but I, I provided feedback on that. I
0: can't wait to talk to George again because, as much as I hated it going through it, and Dan's in the middle of his. I think that might be the single best thing I've done for my trading is taking that.
2: It was for sure his idea. I'm not going to take any credit for that, but um, <laughs> I was I was there while he was like making the course and like provided feedback for the course itself, and that I do remember that very well because I think that was like an issue for everyone. Everyone just like the whole the whole idea behind that was because we noticed that everyone would just like either not do the course or um, just jump into trading right away, mm-hmm. um, and and always just ask questions. Like, questions are good, right? But it was like right. questions where it's like. Like you can tell that this person had not watched like a single lesson of the course mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, okay. Well, if you don't know that and you've watched the course and like, there might be bigger problems. Right. Um, right. So like the, that, that it was the whole, that was the whole point of it. Cause it, it just like eliminates a lot of um, uncertainty in yourself. Like it elevates confidence and it just, uh, it forces you to, to just like chill for a bit, you know, like do it step by step and like do it like properly so you understand what you're looking at instead of like doing it all frantically just because you want to like start. I know. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um,
0: uh, I would actually venture to say the best part of that, though, is teaching me the patience. Yeah. After spending 21 days of watching the market movements, I'm no longer stressing over missing a big jump like oh all right i'll get the next one yeah yeah because there's gonna be another one might be an hour might be five minutes but there'll be another one
2: yeah there's there's always gonna be some other move um when it comes to futures trading though it is you're gonna have to wait a little longer for those Mm -hmm. moves but like that's the thing that there's always gonna be something else you just have to you just, you got to be a little more patient. Like there's going to be something throughout the day, even if you're sitting there all day. Um, The unfortunate part is that a lot of the action does happen overnight, which is sleep time for most of us. Oh, really? I have not really paid too much attention to overnight. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at the overnight trading. Like, for example, yesterday, the thing dropped from like 73 to 30. Right? With the, so you get thing. like a 40 point move in like huh. a few hours. I might have to. Stay up and uh, and actually do an overnight session. I I have I have a few times, but it becomes addictive. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'd care less if I'm. Like, so you know, you're never sleeping. Tripling my money.
0: He
1: <laughs> my chest. <laughs> had a steep steep rise before it as well. <clears throat> um, yeah,
2: exactly. Like off- back
1: to yeah. Sorry, just real real quick. Back to options for a minute. Uh, yeah. We're talking about correlations and how, like, if you see, you know, Apple two and a half trillion market cap going up, Q's going to Triple Qs are going to catch up. Uh, do you ever see the uh, the 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 other correlation? Do you ever see the the Q, Q, Q leading Apple?
2: It depends what the other fangs are doing. So like with with the Qs, uh, the big fang like names, they're I'm going to lie to you guys, but it's around thirty five percent of the whole index, right? Right. Um, it's around that sum. It's it's not exactly that, but the spy, for example, it's around like twenty to twenty five. So. There's a big difference in, um, for example, those two correlations with the Fang holding a lot more weight on the Qs. So it depends on what the other Fang names are doing because the Fang doesn't necessarily have to move together, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're getting crap news in four of them and Apple's the only one flying high, then realistically, you're going to get that drop in the queues and then Apple's probably going to follow along, right? Mm hmm. In like those kind of circumstances, but like sometimes they, they deviate, they do deviate because if there's no real reason for Apple to keep dropping, then it's probably not going to drop. Like mm, yeah. the stocks are going to dictate the move of the index rather than the other way around for the most part right okay. mm-hmm. for the most part but yeah you can't you can see scenarios like that for sure like i kind of use apple as like a canary right if i'm trading the spy and i trade um if i'm trading the spy i'll use the vix as the canary and apple um but the spy with apple yeah okay there's correlation there obviously because it's a big portion of the spy but the spy has a lot of it has 11 sectors right right tech is just one of them so over the past few days the spy has been flying high because energy has been going to the moon mm-hmm. right and that's only a portion of it and a a few other sectors like financials that are heavily weighted which are 14 percent right i don't know exactly what energy is on the spy but there was a few sectors that together were like what 30 percent and tech was kind of going up but not really that much and the spy was just rocketing right Mm. so like knowing what is in each sector uh, sorry what is in yeah each sector but knowing what sectors are in each index and like what their weight is does help you find that relative strength and does help you understand okay like if apple's dying that's the easiest one right everyone should know that if apple's dying right it's got it, it got hit last week or two weeks ago i can't remember there was some news then what do you do you sell all the indices hmm. right and God, sell yeah. the
0: indices if apple
3: uh-huh. okay
2: <laughs> all right that's what we were doing. We, we traded the <laughs> one last thing we trade the we trade the apple event live and those things like never do well mm-hmm so it was just like, buy Apple puts, buy Spy and Triple Q puts into the close, and that's all we need to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, was that the Apple, the
2: when they were unveiling the it new was, phone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they never do well. It's like
1: I read a news article that said uh, 8 out of 10 times the stock's going to drop after one of their events.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was something like that. I was eyeing
0: puts right before it, and Dan and I were talking about it. and like, We were talking about it. I didn't like how much uh, the volatility had increased for it, though, because I knew that that was going to yeah, yeah, well,
2: pretty quick. It's it's a, it's unser- It's an uncertain event, yeah. right? Like once that low broke, you just buy the puts. Yep, <laughs> hold them for like thirty minutes, close them, yeah. collect money. You're done. Collect money. <laughs> <laughs> When's their next one?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> so basically, you, you're you're talking about kind of having the Fang stocks be the roadmap for how we can project the indices to do.
2: Yeah yeah it's just it's just like the just the sheer size of them that influences what the indices do right like mainly the triple q's with the fang because they they they're a larger part of it right. but like if you there's a there's a website let me let me spell it out for you guys here I forget what it was called or sorry sector and you can look at all the spy sectors there and there's a cool little tool It's called Sector Tracker under the tools aspect. If you go to Sector Tracker, you can see all 11 sectors there and you can see how they do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, monthly, blah, 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 right? Hmm. So on a daily basis, it's good to know because you can see, okay, which sectors did well today? Surprise, surprise, right? Energy is at the top. It's gained three and a half percent. Then you got financials, right? And then you're looking at tech. Tech's down almost a percentage point. So this is how I like to find relative strength. And overall, net the sectors in the spy are red today that's why the spy is down a bit mm-hmm. right but if you look at energy for example you can see what the biggest gainers in energy are and maybe look to trade some of those throughout the day or just understand what the correlations are here so if you look at the biggest gainers in the tech sector it's like hewlett and packard enterprise i didn't even know that was tech for example is up there so these aren't this isn't the thing <laughs> Right, like none of them were the fang. Mm-hmm. So if you look at um, NASDAQ, for example, and you know what NASDAQ's made of. It's a, it's a tech sector, right? I mean, it's a tech index. So you have Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Tesla are the top four holdings. Then Google is five and six because they've got a and right. c shares i think and then you got facebook nvidia paypal netflix is up there as well but the first three are like a big part of the fang right the not all the largest but the pretty much the largest companies in the fang right and they make up alone those three make up about 29 percent, 28 percent of the whole nasdaq mm-hmm.
1: apple amazon and google
2: so, apple amazon and microsoft
1: oh microsoft
2: so it's just it's important to yeah it's important to know like what um what individual Fang news is like? What individual Fang news is doing? Because let's say I don't know, three of them have news together. Like Apple and Google had news, like bad news, right? right a few weeks ago. Well, Apple is almost eleven percent. Google is about seven ish, eight ish, right? So that's almost twenty percent of the index in two names that just got destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's probably going to be some downside in the in the queues
0: <laughs> Yeah. So-
2: Right. Sounds like I need to put a correlation chart up of the the fang stocks. Yeah.
0: What was the name of that uh what was that website again?
1: SectorSPDR.
2: Yeah, sectorspdr.com Sector, and then you can go into the S-P-D-R. tools S-P-D-R. tab. D-R.com. I'll make sure we link that. Yeah, that's the, the, the those are the spy sectors. Mm-hmm. Um if you're looking up for Nasdaq, I'm not sure what the Nasdaq one is, but you know Nasdaq is all tech so. All right. Just go by yeah. that. <laughs> not all but mostly. <laughs> what were you saying, Dan? um if i had a correlation matrix of some sort yeah the correlation yeah. that you have on the futures chart book yeah I, I actually i actually did have some lines for the fang uh plus microsoft i guess fang FEMG. i don't know but um <laughs> yeah fangum yeah fangum <laughs> so i i did i did have one of those i i haven't used it in a while actually so it's a good reminder but i did it was just like a line chart of all of them like gaining losing like on a five minute chart um and then taking a look at them and seeing what they're doing mm-hmm. Actually, I usually use that for futures trading here and there too. That seems like it'd be useful.
1: So, will, yeah. will those names then affect futures? Like, if if the Fang is ripping higher, do we just see futures going higher.
2: Well, yeah, because they're it's like futures are still a derivative asset of like the overall indices, right? So, Nasdaq futures are futures from the Nasdaq index itself, and like that's being propped up or pushed down by the Fang itself. So, there's a lot of volume in futures right like they have their own volume and stuff like that because they don't account for dividends that's why there's a slight price um discrepancy between the spot and the futures oh okay i was wondering but yeah they're they're going to get affected by um by the fang names by big tech Mm -hmm.
1: and obviously if if the the indices themselves are falling the value of the futures contract is going to fall or gain depending on if you bought or sold it
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: all right, Kyle, any, any big pressing questions you have left before we... Uh- I
0: have one other one, and I was thinking about this. Uh, Dan and I were talking about maybe trying to write a screenplay, so we wonder if you'd be willing to to contribute or starve in this, Vico. Yeah, Who? what's my rule? The idea is that uh, it's going to be about uh, two friends... Who uh, start trading futures, but because they don't understand what the actual expiration of them means, uh, they end up, you know, having to take uh, orders take of, delivery. like, you know, oil and oil, <laughs> orange and juice futures. Yeah, yeah, it's about these guys trying to figure out what to do with all these fucking futures contracts that they had to take <laughs> possession of. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bar- yeah bartering. Okay,
2: what, what's my. Um, into the world can I be the market maker? Now? Oh, yeah. You can be whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the idiot who didn't realize what
0: <laughs> he was actually buying? <laughs> no, 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 no. He wants to be the guy that
1: calls up and says, No, you're taking delivery of this oil, motherfucker. You, we made a contract. Mm,
0: yeah, exactly. Right. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. There we go. So, that, do you know anybody who's actually ever mistakenly uh, purchased a 1,000 barrels of oil?
2: No, no. I, I wish I did, but um, they like it's maybe back in the day some someone's done something like that, but it's more sophisticated right now. They'll they'll usually blow you out. They're they're not going to make you take delivery. Um,
0: <laughs> I take yeah, delivery. Yeah. Come stack them in my backyard.
2: Yeah, the you got one contract. Next thing so you know, you have a thousand barrels of oil. Like, I don't even know what the surface area of that would be. Like, I don't even know how much oil that is. Like, how much is it? What is it? Like a hundred liters? A uh, barrel's fifty-five gallons. Is that is that kind of a hundred liters? Uh, about
0: that's fifty-five f- gallons. Three
2: point seven eight liters in a gallon. Three point seven eight. Oh, that's a lot more than damn. It'd be about two hundred liters a barrel. Yeah, two hundred liters. Two hundred And times a thousand of those. So two hundred and eight thousand yeah. liters. Uh, that's that's too many liters. I don't know what to do with that. Um, Probably fill a swimming pool and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to ruin the wetlands here. Bring your ducks, by. I'll Dip them in the right. pool of oil.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you like if you if you do happen if you do happen to take delivery, they'll hold it for you. There's a storage right, yeah. fee, obviously. Um, I forget where it was, man. It's somewhere in the U.S. Chicago. What the? But, yeah, <laughs> next to the. We've- <laughs> 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 right? Come pick them up.
0: We've got a friend who's a truck driver. Maybe he can deliver them for us. Oh, there you go. I'd right? take the pork barrel and <laughs> eat trips. Meters. Yeah, how many uh, How many pork bellies is one contract worth? Uh, I, I don't know. Man,
1: that's <laughs> a lot of bacon I don't know. pigs showing up at your door. <laughs> you got to slaughter them, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta right. slaughter them and skin them yourself. Oh, uh, what? Uh, uh, Aw. Yeah, uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we write that then. we got to roll for Vico. Perfect. Can't wait.
2: All right, Vico, is there
0: anything you want to share with the the folks out there? We got your YouTube channel, Trey Pro Academy. Uh, we've got our affiliate link for uh for people that want to join, try to take some of these classes we've been talking about, quant data. Uh I also noticed that you're starting to do a lot more of the, the market research. You got the market research center over at Trey Pro. That is awesome.
2: Yeah, we got the market research up and running. Um it's been a project that we've been we've been working on and we're Continuously elaborating it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's still in like its infancy, I would say, where we'd post like futures analysis uh, throughout the week and on the weekends, also options analysis on the weekends, like uh, swings that we're looking for, newsletters and stock analysis once a month or so. Um, If anything else pops up, we'll post it in the discord, but just generally share ideas. Um, and as we progress, it's going to get a lot better, but yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of like different ideas and a lot of different, um, potential trades on a weekly basis mm-hmm. that we post instead of just having it scattered all over discord. <laughs> right. <laughs> it gets it's hard to find.
0: Yeah, it really is. No, I love the new market center. I love the, the email updates. Uh, and I know you put a lot of work into those, so I hope you keep doing I appreciate it. Appreciate that.
1: Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us again, uh, Vico. It's always great to have you here. You are a man of a wealth of experience and knowledge, and we are very humbled to be able to pick your brain. So thank you again. Uh, always great mm-hmm. having
2: you uh, here. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Dan and Kyle. I really uh, enjoy, these, enjoy these podcasts. I want to send you your new song, too. And, uh, yeah, that's why I came. I wanted to hear a, a rendition of uh, Drake's song. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Oh, the, the Vico that, slide? Yeah, it's gonna be
2: yeah. A huge. Yeah, let me hit. Go slow. <laughs> yeah, always, always, always fun with you guys, and yeah, keep it in touch with you guys on Twitter. I know I was gone for like almost a month and a half uh, <laughs> in Europe, not really responding to anyone. But I'm back, and I've sobered up, and I'm ready to start trading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, there you have it,
0: Torio Trades, fellas. Torio trades, Torio
1: trades at Torrio Trades. Follow him on Twitter. He he does great morning updates. He, he sets some trigger levels that are really awesome. Uh, check that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, folks, uh, happy trades.
0: Bye. Bye-bye.